Hello everyone and welcome to an episode of Biz Talk podcast. I'm Adrian and alongside me is Dakshesh. Together the pair of us will be speaking with business and technology leaders across the globe to learn, understand and gather insights from their experiences. In this episode, we learn about the world of key account management from Milan Katti, who is the CEO and founder of Demand Farm. Prior to this, Milan also co-founded Demand Shore which is one of the largest demand generation and digital media media company that eventually got acquired by Ziv Davis in 2018. So welcome to Bistock Milan. Thanks for taking the time out and we are glad to have you with us. Thank you Adrian. It's my pleasure. And it's always good to talk about key account management. I mean, people that's right. I talk, little, I, I talk a little too much about it. <laughs> no, that's right. I mean, like, if you're passionate about something, I'm sure it, you know, it just comes out automatically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks that Chase was having me. Yep. So without uh, wasting much time, I would just kind of, uh, you know, to begin with Milind, we'd, we'd like you to share a bit more about the start of your professional journey. You know, how did you transition into CAM uh, and then, you know, finally decided or, you know, moved yeah. out of Pivoted to Demand yeah. Farm, which is yeah. uh, a software or a tool that kind of helps with CAM. So if yeah. you could kind of give us, our listeners, and a background of that. of that. Sure. So, so I think uh, um, if I look back, Adrian, I think the um, uh, it was it was um, uh, I mean it was only natural that I kind of finally landed up building up building software tools for key account management. So my entrepreneur journey started with uh, uh, um, inside sales outsourcing for tech companies in the beginning, Indian IT companies, and then obviously the global IT companies. So essentially, we used to work with sales and marketing teams of tech companies, wherein the inside sales piece was outsourced to us. Uh, this was 2004-05 timeframes. And uh, um, we were one of the pioneers in India to do that, though. And uh, as an expansion to a whole lot of service, it included research, it included um, appointment setting, it included lead generation, which eventually being started called as demand generation. So, um, and what used to happen, some of our customers uh, also said that, hey, for me, these are 40 accounts or named accounts that I'm going after. So I don't need to look at a lot of accounts. Can you deep dive into this 40 and then give me a lot more account profiling around this? So, uh, so we then created a research team which used to do that. And, uh, and of course, we worked with customer CRMs. And... Uh, um, so that's when I kind of realized that uh, there are a lot of uh, theory behind account planning to account planning methodologies or frameworks. And, uh, uh, but from the, from the tool perspective, it was very difficult to consume the account plans inside a CRM. So, uh, so, so as companies themselves started making a transition from lead management to opportunity management, the only natural progression for especially B2B companies with large accounts was, was moving from lead management to opportunity management to eventually account management as a whole. Time came for somebody to look at account as a whole. So as part of somebody providing services around entire leave life cycle, uh, we ended up building the research team for key account management to begin with. And then, um, uh, tools for key account management eventually. 
so so that's been my entrepreneurial journey and then uh, um so obviously once we became a tool company or a software product saas product for uh, key account management uh, services business we got an opportunity to exit and then so we started going much deeper into this so that's my journey spent almost 20 years in b2b sales mostly or marketing and uh, last 5 6 years a lot focused on key account management hello so yeah milin yeah milin thanks a lot on the introduction so uh, you know just to take a step back so there would be a lot of listeners who are you know uh, getting introduced to the idea of key account management for the first time can you speak yeah. a bit about how probably it is different from uh, the normal sales or the acquisition piece that a lot of listeners would be familiar with sure sure yeah so um um in the beginning it took a it took a lot of uh, uh, convincing from my side to kind of uh, because people thought that key account management is a subset of sales um whereas uh, my argument was um uh, uh all key account managers are sales people but not all sales guys are key account managers so um um so essentially what what i mean by the difference between key account management and sales is uh, obviously key account management becomes relevant only for b2b companies especially with where where they have engagement with the customers which are long term in nature uh, uh, uh slightly bigger deal sizes and so on so that's where key account management becomes important um and those kind of companies clearly separate uh, the hunters versus the farmers as they call um because the skills clearly are very different for somebody whose job is to acquire a new customer versus someone's job to uh maintain and then grow an existing customer uh, usually in a b2b scenario what happens is um the the account manager requires lot of domain knowledge so uh, i have interacted with lot of key account managers say for example somebody who sells um plastic molding to an automobile company wherein they are trying to convert uh metal parts to a plastic part because it's cheaper better and so on and so forth so the guy requires huge amount of knowledge in terms of automobile the engine parts as well as the plastic and so on whereas for a sales guy maybe that's that kind of a technical or domain depth might not be needed there there are more who who get a foot in the door i'm not uh in any way uh Are suggesting that role is insignificant or lesser in nature. I'm saying just that these two are different roles, therefore they require different skills. And uh, so this is more domain, technical, knowledge-oriented business when it comes to key account management. Sales is about uh, the flamboyance, that that uh, uh, spur of the moment, the quick someone who can network, make meetings in a in a conference versus these guys a lot more methodical. works with the existing people and and so on so if i were to kind of uh, put a um so while the sales guy kind of sells and this is my favorite word it could be cliched uh, i believe this is what i coined <laughs> is uh, uh, in in sales you actually sell and then whereas in key account management you don't sell you you help customers buy so uh, that kind of summarizes the difference between the two 
um and and yeah. because this is not so uh, so um uh, flamboyant and all that i often seen key account managers getting a step brotherly treatment as well <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, 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 but it's not too. They 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 should be. Uh, they 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 are good brothers. I mean, they should be bros, frankly speaking. So, and increasingly, I'm seeing that happen. Yeah, I totally agree to that point. In fact, most of the most successful uh, camps that I have personally come across, they are very grounded, uh, which is very different from a typical sales personality that you would expect. uh milan you mentioned upon a point that you know uh, someone in a cam role is very collaborative in nature whether be it with customer or internally yeah. uh, we hear a lot about uh, you know the concept of account teams creating billing teams uh, hmm. can you speak a bit about that yeah yeah so uh, yeah one of the thing about key account management especially when it comes to large thing is never about one person actually so one person can lead it a uh, lot of times i call this as uh, each account owner or an account manager is a ceo in himself or herself frankly speaking because there is um, the lot of stakeholders at the customer side and the lot of stakeholders internally as well all the way from ceo to the product heads to uh, subject matter experts and then someone who is operationally involved in delivering this stuff to the customer so there is a kind of orchestration that needs to happen between this entire team and that's why um it's a very very cross functional uh, ceo kind of role it's like like each account manager is a mini ceo frankly speaking uh, mm-hmm. and uh, in in lot of large organization they also manage stuff worth 100 million dollars a year isn't it so yeah. it's almost like a pnl for that 10 million or 100 million that basically right so mm-hmm. so they own that so which means team obviously comes as as part of it with different expertise and uh, so um and this team needs to different people need to align with different set of teams at the customer side and um, it is it is a fine uh, balance that the that the global account manager or the entire account owner has to manage there some things that have to be left at a regional sales manager versus the regional buyer at the customer there are some things that he has to do along with his ceo and then the customer ceo and then talking about very strategic co-creation stuff for next 5 years so it's a uh, uh, so the whole spectrum is uh, is is between and therefore the people involved both inside my team as in my company as well as at the customer side will differ from task to task strategy to strategy so that's the Uh, it's a it's a very complex but manageable uh, uh, thing yeah yeah that's a very valid point in fact i was hearing someone you you know you using the word orchestration is very right here so mm-hmm. he was a key account manager only and he was uh, defining himself more as a broker rather than a seller <laughs> you know i'm aligning the right resources from both the ends so yeah uh, milin what type of like through your experience what kind of companies do you see really uh, nailing the cam role or uh, you know key account management um like if you would have some examples or any particular industry where you feel that they really sure. is key account management sure actually what i have seen no adrian is is that it kind of go up and down in a way so um 
so obviously uh, i think it was in in 40s or 50s or maybe 70s where uh, manufacturing companies or chemical and then pharma those were the guys who started off with uh, key account management principles uh, wherein they they start going deep because these are uh, large b2b kind of an industrial kind of a company right so let's say a chemical company supplying to a, a, a pharma or a auto component supplying to an automaker so that's where i guess this journey began and they did they did some really great work in terms of both developing the theory adopting it and then training people and all that but i i kind of nowadays it's starting flipping to tech companies who are who are who are little bit more uh, uh ahead of it in terms of not only the methodology of key account management but also in terms of using technology in key account management of course so uh, i see some of the old generation companies still in 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 the past a bit uh the changing of course very fast lot of digital happening digital strategy happening even in key account management now but if i look at it so today it is the it is um uh, definitely lot of it companies technology companies lot of advertising and marketing companies uh, uh um uh doing a lot of key account management uh, practices very well um the the financial services is following suit it's little hard there um because there's lot more transactional to begin with and then plenty of transaction but they are getting there they are getting there too and um mm, uh lot of uh uh uh, uh mm, i have started seeing this trend of it adrian where let's say for example i am a b2b tech company i do a series b or a series c funding my initial sales say up to 10 million dollars or 15 million dollars sales usually come from an smb if i am a b2b company the moment i cross that when i do a series b or series c especially uh, funding my then is when i start looking at enterprise sales very seriously uh that's when i need to start looking at landing and expanding uh into large accounts and then those guys are doing some really uh, good job on in in terms of uh, adopting as well as practicing uh, good key account management there got it and in fact just picking up on this last point where you mentioned that you know now the new age companies when they receive the series b or series c funding they start focusing on that uh, just mm-hmm. to pick up on this point like what would Uh, like what would your advice be to the companies on how should they define the cam accounts like what should be those uh, criteria should it be revenue size of price yeah, growth plans i yeah. think this is an interesting point yeah. that a lot of our listeners would you know benefit out of sure yeah yeah there is a very important uh, piece in a, i mean first of all uh, as we know uh, we need to segment our accounts and then decide where you want to focus in this quarter or in this year um um because it is a fairly involved and then um, expensive both in terms of time and money as a cam as a process right so it will be very sure as to which companies do i focus on now so uh, there, there there are there are um, a couple of guidelines over there uh, some of the things that i like is so essentially what we're trying to do is uh, identifying the attractiveness in an account if we can quantifiably score an account in terms of a in terms of an attractive score so as to decide 
where will i focus now or where will i focus this quarter or this year so uh, some of the parameters the obvious parameters adrian are yes the 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 revenue the growth or the or the are they part of my um market segment i mean are they my best fit in terms of segment every company has a best fit uh customer segment are they part of it if they are you give them a little bit score right then if if they are basically if you think that your sweet spot is manufacturing companies mid market united states then you give them a certain bit of score when it comes to being an attractive versus a financial services company europe gets another score so that's one way which is size and industry and the geography so that's one obvious what i call as firmographic score the second thing interestingly is the um is the uh the future potential of that particular company so within a given vertical or within a given industry not all companies are equal in terms of their ability to innovate their ability to the way they are growing the way they are thinking so i give a score for innovation of my account itself right so there are ways in which i'll i'll give a score and then i'd usually give a weightage of around 15 20% to that so the first firmographic details i give around 30% weightage 15 20% on their innovation score and then uh, the current revenue is important so if they're already your customers what is the current revenue that i'm getting from that customer and at what rate that revenue is growing i give another 25% weightage to that and a last which is a qualitative parameter adrian uh, which which i would like to choose is is um however the company could be great there's a big company we are already working with them i definitely see a potential there but uh, i look for attitude of companies towards their vendors uh, i would definitely would like to give around 20% weight weightage to this because if 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 companies look at their suppliers for um a volume based discount based metrics uh, i would give a slightly lesser weightage or in fact lot lesser weightage versus a company looking at the supplier as a strategic partner right i would do i am willing to invest in that account more today because i know that there's a future there right so so uh, um, uh, i mean in our uh, easier per kilo buyer or is it a value buyer that's how we kind of call it i mean so 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 it's it's now become a <laughs> i know so um so so in for for some of the indian listeners the kilo ke bhav pe kharidta gaya so then i say i would say away a bit right so uh, yeah is giving a value so i give around 20% weightage to that also so these are some of the three or four parameters of course it changes from industry to industry uh, but yeah just to summarize firmographic the 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 uh, uh innovation score then uh, current revenue future revenue next next one or two years and then last but very important one is uh, how do they treat their suppliers basically correct so yeah. milind uh, a company would be you know obviously investing a lot of uh, so that says the side a company obviously would be investing a lot of resources into these key accounts from yeah. your experience just out of curiosity how mm-hmm. often do you see that companies getting these key accounts wrong because like uh, this can be very detrimental for a company like they would be wasting a lot of resources there yeah yeah so correct so so uh 
I think companies get it wrong if they out of the four parameters that says I talked about if it's very easy to look at the firmographic data. Oh, there's a large company. They're spending a lot of money with me and therefore let me put all my efforts into this. Yeah. Right. If you take that and that is where I've seen people going wrong and not giving enough importance to the other two parameters that I talked about. So uh, it is okay to go with the uh, say, say number two or number three player in that industry or in that geography who is more nimble, who is more innovative today mm-hmm. than the number one player, for example. I mean, just as a, it's not a thumb rule, but uh, people tend to go wrong uh, over there. Um, uh, and then, so then you get squeezed as a supplier and then, or, uh, so that's where they go wrong. I mean, uh, um, yeah. Fair point. Uh, so Milint, like where we have reached right now, we have discussed about, you know, how to decide which your key accounts are. We have also discussed how to create those winning teams. Now the topic that we really wanted to move forward was like, how do you create account plans? Like this is a topic which is really talked about over the web and a lot of companies put a lot of resources into it as well. So what does an ideal account plan look like to you? Sure. Sure. So, um, again, uh, this is, this is, um, uh, this is something very close to my heart, frankly. So what I, what I've seen is while, uh, obviously when I set out to build, uh, account planning tools, right. I realized that, uh, there's lot of, um, theory written. There are lots of frameworks, all good ones, right. There's lot of academic research as well as, uh, uh industrial research. And then there are plenty of sales coaching companies and then uh, who have done a lot of work around it, good work around it and have all come out with a framework or a methodology or, or a process. Now, uh, now, so when I, when I, when I studied the whole thing, right, what I realized is I think they'll overdid it a bit. I might be saying this as a controversial guy, but I think <laughs> they overdid where the theorists and the coaching companies, I mean, in their zeal to create something new and something more, they created so many frameworks which account managers don't like anymore. It yeah. is, um, it, it has become so much, I mean, too overwhelming. End of the day today, what happens is a lot of companies where I go to, it is treated as a once in a year exercise, uh, very theoretical, wherein I fill some forms and then be done with it. It is done as a checkbox compliance item rather than a strategic tool to grow my account. So, but, but account plans are, so, um, and so that is one problem with it. One is they've mm-hmm. become too theoretical, too detailed, too form filling, if I may say so. The second, yeah. the second thing that I've also noticed is, um, um, they suck out the, the, uh, um, the essence of the account manager domain knowledge, isn't it? So uh, when I, when I'm speaking to, to kind of, if I go back to that plastic example or a tech example, right? So I am, I'm an account manager and one, one guy is managing an account, say uh, um, a global bank in the U S and the other person is looking at a very innovative new payment bank in Australia. Right. But the free, but the account planning cannot be the same for both of these guys. Right. So the very different, so industry to industry and within a company to company, the account 
planning has to have that flexibility to to have that so it can't be so rigid uh, so mm-hmm. too detailed is one it can't be too detailed uh, too theoretical it can't be too rigid so therefore i have this thing wherein uh, um uh so i don't like account planning templates i like the word account planning frameworks which leaves the the account manager or the account team enough room to to bring in their own nuance in terms of their account and in their industry at the same time it's a, it's a general strategic direction that I, you can't be i mean uh, uh, all over the place isn't it so so account planning uh should be framework should 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 give a overall general direction but leaving enough room for creativity of the uniqueness of the account itself so 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 some of the frameworks that i have is there should be obviously be uh, one uh, have an ability to segment the account that we talked about each company uh, each account manager can have a flexibility in terms of what parameters they give more or less weightage to Uh, but you need to segment nevertheless so segmentation is a framework but how exactly do i segment let me give a little bit of flexibility there the second part of my account plan should be about competition analysis so uh, um, apart from the usual stuff in terms of uh, who the competitors are what is the valid share uh, what are the what is the competition strength and weaknesses and increasingly i'm noticing dakshes where when i'm doing a competitor analysis um within an account um uh uh the competition for my service x is different versus competition to my product y right so i mean if i take mm-hmm. linkedin linkedin's example for sales navigator right sometimes you compete with um, an abm tool like engageo sometimes you compete with um, Uh, a crm like salesforce isn't it and sometimes you also compete with the sales intelligence tools like inside view so it is dependent on company to company and then where and then how you compete so uh, so competitor analysis can get uh, detailed i believe that it should go to a product level competitor analysis just not at a account level mm-hmm. so then the third element of an account plan um, is is very, very important is the relationship mapping basically so what happens is at least once in a year the account owner need to understand the customer's entire org chart and map it with my internal org chart so i want to map say my ceo with this guy i want to map my subject matter expert this guy because this is what i'm going to sell this year and he is the person in charge at the customer buying side but i need this expert from my company to map so that that relationship mapping needs to be planned for the entire year to a le- to a level wherein hey i mean mr subject matter expert from my company i am mapping you with this person at the customer side and let's do four meetings this year so it has to go to that level so uh, so an account plan should have that entire relationship mapping exercise for a year four people from my side seven people from the customer side what is your objective when and how many meetings we will do these are the 40 meetings we will do so that's the relationship mapping as part of the account plan and uh, of course revenue goal setting is given 
so <laughs> we have to look at uh, uh, how do i set my revenue as part of the account plan um uh, again match it with the all the previous three things one is the segment analysis that you've done competition analysis that you've done relationship mapping that you've done customer strategic initiatives based on that uh let there be a bottom up approach to how much business do i already have in which products where is the competition and where are the customer initiatives that i see opportunities in and how much can i grow my existing business how many new doors can i open let there be a bottom up approach to 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 setting up a revenue goal for that account of course in real life that says you know how it works so the boss tells look guys yeah. i need i need this much in my account i i'm not ruling <laughs> out that reality but that's the boss's job but what i'm saying is an account manager you start from the bottom and see if you reach where the boss is there correct if you can't then find other ways of doing it uh, if you still can't then negotiate <laughs> so uh, yeah. while well, i know I, all of us get our all i was account manager i still am so all of us get our target number in the beginning of the year right but my thing is start from the bottom and then see how you get to that number so if you start from the bottom then there is a plan to get to that number which product which initiative why which relationship to leverage in which country for example so let it let it start from there so uh, these are broadly the four things that chase that i think any account plan should have uh, but i don't want it to be extremely rigid i don't want it to be very very theoretical i want it flexible mm-hmm. give the creativity of the account manager a chance man really totally uh, so i mean like just out of curiosity the last point that you said that even still like uh, to this day you think of yourself as an account manager so yeah. you're leading a company so for your key accounts like typically as a ceo what are the key relationships that you try to map in a in your key accounts that you know these are the guys that i need to meet with sure sure So, just to um, just to add one more yeah. point there how do you define that you know at what stage would you get involved uh, how do you decide when is the right time for you to get involved in any account yeah yeah so so to me right so uh, like like if i don't um, uh, uh, follow what i'm talking about is which so what we do is we have a very robust uh, segmentation mechanism we have a uh, 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 every year in the beginning my account managers map me to the customers uh, side and it could be anybody i'm not saying that they map me only to the ceos they map me to everybody depending upon what they need is now uh, that's a given that i have to adhere to but other than that uh, typically um uh, the i mean so in any company ready in a, in, a, in a relationship there are always going to be um uh basically where do i impact with my solution or my services right uh, that determines at what level do i interact and the higher it is the better of course so um so the like like this is a standard uh, uh piece wherein who are the users of what you're selling who does it impact or what you're selling um uh, uh whose numbers does it eventually impact for example so in our case uh, we impact sales leaders because we sell a sales tech tool right or a cam tech tool so uh, for us sales operations are our uh, key members so i always uh, look at 
uh, this I'm giving as an example, it's going to be different from different set of companies. Mm-hmm. To me, sales leader is where I need to be mapped talking about uh, how do I, uh, how do I help the sales leader uh, uh, retain and then grow his strategic account so that overall numbers the sales leader can meet in terms of sales and quota. Sales operations, the way we, I mean, over there, the, the objective is different, isn't it? They are more concerned about institutionalizing the account plans, ensuring that everybody does the plan or there's a continuity to it. The CEO and then the sales leaders get the right dashboards, etc. Of course, our tool solve that problem too. And it's a different problem that the sales operations head is worried about. Of course, there is a different uh, set of problems that we address when it comes to an account manager. So how easy one can create a plan. It is easier for him to track the account plan, easy to report, easy to review. So the productivity of the account manager, the recommendation that we provide inside our tool and so on. So there's different personas would have a different uh, benefit. And that's where we need to keep playing uh, sales leaders. So uh, similarly, I mean, it, of course, it will be very different for, again, I keep, if, if I go back to my plastic example, uh, there is a, suppose there's an engine, somebody is making an engine, he's in charge of bringing, building a truck engine. And then there are, uh, uh, there's a design guy, the procurement guys, and then the shop floor people who are, who are manufacturing it and a CEO. So whole lot of, whole lot of, uh, plays that exist there. So, um, so that is how we choose, uh, uh or I choose or anyone else should choose uh, their role in a key account management. Was that an answer that case you're looking at? Yeah, that pretty much covered okay. everything. Okay. okay. <laughs> Just uh, <laughs> one more point, like, uh, is there any specific time you decide, like you should probably enter an account towards a later part in the engagement or would you be open to enter an account as a CEO in the beginning as well? Um, I mean, see, uh, if it is possible, I would like to enter into every account, but we all know that it's not possible. <laughs> yeah. It's not possible. So that's why that segment will help. So, uh, mm-hmm. so in this segment that you've chosen to be highly attractive, the earlier you enter as a CEO, the better it is. Got it. Understood. Yeah. Milan, I mean, like uh, Adrian here, I think the reason I mean, just, just trying to understand that the reason like, you know, you're picking up the plastic example is also because, is it because of your experience at Tata Motors? Because I think you were handling uh, commercial <laughs> in <a> way, segment <laughs> there. <laughs> no, 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 no. So actually I have, I have interacted with account managers in all types of industries, but somehow that, that keeps coming to my end. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so actually, like, uh, yeah, yeah. So on, on, you know, there was an interesting point that you also mentioned that, you know, there are, there are tools, there are ways where you can automate yeah. or help. And yeah. an interesting point that you pointed out is there is something that you would help that would cater to the account manager. And then there, yeah. would, there would be tools that could cater to the sales ops and the enablement piece. So would yeah. love you kind of share like, you know, what are some of the tools out there? And I also know that, you know, uh, demand farm also has something that yeah. you know, I think if you could touch upon that sure. and how you're trying to ease some of the yeah. workload on a cam and then the sales operation side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Let me try and answer this in as non-biased way as possible. <laughs> <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so, 
so so uh, i think uh, uh, like like all other functions uh, technology does impact uh, a key account management now uh, it should um, uh, last year 2019 was the first time when uh, uh, this this gartner's um, there's some report they call it no um, magic quadrant not magic quadrant uh, there's something that, that they have this industry trend kind of a report where in the key account management first time appeared um and uh, g2 crowd for the first time has a organization chart as a category now so all, otherwise all this was part of a very large category called sales sales enablement so uh, um uh, so the, the, the so i would like to kind of uh, uh, put all of this in a um in 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 uh, uh uh category as in first obviously is the intelligence tools right so uh, there are plenty of tools today available that the account managers can use giving them uh, one time as well as the real time feed about uh, about their respective accounts so uh, so um uh, so so uh, like i mean like inside view or a crush report or or uh, um uh, discover org the plenty of tools which give sales intelligence per se uh, about the company about their initiatives about their organization people changes which linkedin gives as well mm-hmm. so uh, 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 linkedin of course is a uh, i mean it's a no brainer right i mean i don't think anybody can live without a sales navigator today if somebody is a key account manager frankly speaking be it small company or a large company it's a must have tool so those are some of the tools from intelligence perspective then uh, uh, then there are these uh, uh, there is a abm tools which are account based marketing tools wherein you um, uh, you are trying to programmatically uh, target a specific role in a specific company uh, Uh, in a specific account with respect to serving them different content or serving them different ads so there are plenty of tools there i mean abm is only going to get better and better and then there are account planning tools like uh, uh, demand farm or altify wherein your ability to build an organization chart create account plans uh, um, the if they are native apps to inside a crm the better it is so uh, so that you can leverage the data that already exists in say in 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 a crm so so there are uh, account planning tools and uh, and then as we go then there are obviously the analytics tools so um, how do i use uh, suppose if i have 100 account plans created in a in a nice system what is the analytics or what is the story that emerges out of these 100 account plans put together as a sales leader or as a, or as a ceo so that that uh, uh, plays the, the tools out there of course and then uh, they are becoming smarter and smarter with infusion of ai and so on into those analytics tools nowadays so like in in our case we are using uh, uh, einstein of salesforce to provide very interesting uh, recommendations to the account manager using the account planning tools that we have built so and they plan- they are more like that so uh, so so from account intelligence tools to uh, 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 abm tools to account planning tools to uh, to to analytics tools uh, infused with ai 
So that's the kind of broad spectrum of tools today that are available. Of course, it's early days. They will only get better and better as we go every quarter. Yeah, so I was talking about hype cycle. Gartner's hype cycle is where strategic account management entered as a category for the first time in 2019. Interesting. I think, yeah, I mean, like there are a lot of new age technology or new age companies that also <clears> come <throat> up in the, the, the hype cycle. I mean, and, and great to know that, you know, so although, I mean, you, you hear a lot about sales and there are a lot of influencers speaking about sales, but you, yes, you hear a lot less about CAM. And yeah. also the fact that CAM existed like way, uh, like, I mean, back in the day, right? It's not something that is yeah. newly developed or something that has just started off. Yeah. And, but you still see a lot of people that would, may or may not talk about it much. And that's why you see a lot of less amount of sales enablement or tools that are built there. There would be bits and pieces of every tool, like you mentioned, that there would be sales intelligence, yeah. there would be account planning that would, yeah. uh, that, that yeah. would come in. Yeah. So I think one of the reasons uh, that that it took a while to, for the tools to or technologies to get active in the space of CAM. See, end of the day, we all know that uh, uh, automation or automating a process um, is easiest when the process itself is one. It occurs uh, at a very high frequency, and then it's a repetitive and a simple process. So therefore, let's say, for example, lead management is is or lead scoring as a process um, can be automated so much more easier than account planning because account planning has firstly it doesn't occur so often because no company has thousands and so it's the tens of thousands of leads they have few dozen accounts so the frequency is not very high nor is the repeatability as i was saying earlier right each account is different in nature so how do you create a technology tool which starts by automating a process and then analytics around around that process and so on. So it takes a while and therefore I guess rightly so account management is one of the later processes to get better technologies and tools versus some of the simpler processes that we saw we saw a couple of years ago. Yeah, Milan, like the chase the site. I think that's a very valid point. The variables uh, with key account management are just too many and uh, it's not a very simple process. So Milan, like to end our conversation, I had two questions mm -hmm. and they would like uh, specifically cater to very different type of audiences. So if I'm a CEO of a SaaS company, like I've been in the market since four or five years, I've mm -hmm. acquired a couple of customers. Yeah. So, and I'm trying to figure out the, this CAM piece. So if there is one advice that you could give to that CEO, what would that advice be? Um, I think uh, based on, based on your early success with acquiring customers, uh, decide your next two year segment very precisely as much as possible in terms of the firmographic at least. So which are those, uh, which are those accounts that, that getting the segment right, basically based on the experience. And uh, once you get the segment right, um, uh, separate your uh, hunting team and then account management team. Don't, um, I mean, so let mm -hmm. the job of sales guys to acquire and then hand it over to a customer success and account management team 
and let your great sales guy go on to winning another new account don't leave the account with the sales i mean that's the mistake that i've seen younger companies do mhm mhm yeah yeah i think that's a great closure as well the next series that we are planning to start is on customer success only <laughs> so we thought it would be a good natural transition from key account management to customer yeah, success yeah yes it is yes it is for saas i mean in fact customer success and account management go very hand in hand right i mean yeah 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 one more question so uh, this was for probably someone at a leadership position now if there is someone in the audience who's uh more of a pro- uh, practitioner who's a cam or probably a aspiring cam yeah and a lot of stuff that we have talked about probably would be out of his control then and mm. you know if you could give one advice to him what would that be mm. i know I mean, i'm asking very broad <laughs> questions but yeah. these are very difficult to answer <laughs> so uh uh no i think uh uh if if what i have seen successful account managers have two or three very key factors such as that i have seen one uh, uh domain knowledge as i said i mean it's very important two um uh to lot of empathy so um uh, uh so the empathy in terms of um um what that person want to accomplish what that persona what that role wants to accomplish so the if if you have a lot of empathy that's when you help the customer buy you don't try and sell and sell and sell so you are you are actually uh, um uh, you should be on the customer side and then fighting with your own company frankly speaking and it works well so um so so that's the second important i mean domain and uh, empathy empathy mm-hmm. to to a customer and uh, uh, uh which and lot of times empathy is confused with meekness it is not about going get the, saying yes to everything the customer is saying no it is not about giving discount to the customer no what i mean by empathy is is um helping your customer persona do that job better than what is doing like typical like a challenger sales uh there there's a there's a great concept of challenger sales which came about couple of years ago uh that is where you challenge your customer and then you know um i mean uh, 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 so it empathy is about that empathy is confused with meekness no it's not that so this is two advice for me uh, to to a, mm-hmm. to, a, to an account manager Just to go and fight with your company <laughs> with people <laughs> with your management no i think <laughs> that's a that's a fair point i hope the account managers at your company aren't listening to this <laughs> oh yeah they keep fighting with me all the time so, uh... <laughs> okay <laughs> so thanks yeah. a lot milind for the conversation like we really enjoyed it i hope i'm pretty sure that uh, all of the listeners whether there is someone who's like 4 to 5 years in the journey of creating a company or someone who's a practitioner of camp would have learned a yeah. lot about it so thanks mm-hmm. a lot for that sure sure so i'll be happy to answer um, any question anybody would want to touch base with me milind katti on linkedin don't hesitate to send me a message i'll be very happy to answer respond and learn from you guys as well um if you if whoever is listening to this want to challenge some of the stuff that i've said disagree with me i'll be more than happy to listen to that uh, and then learn uh, uh, from from all of you exactly 
Thank you. Thanks, Melinda. Yeah, thanks a lot, Patricia. Bye.